Hey, you crazy bastards. Welcome to E-Crime Bites, where I read the court documents and roast the criminals so you don't have to. This week is Season 2, Episode 16, Selling Fraudulent Internet Addresses with Amir Goldston. All right, so like I said, the criminal's name in this one is Amir Goldston. He is the CEO of this cloud services company. Now, if you don't know what a cloud services company, think Amazon Web Services or Microsoft Azure or Google Cloud, something like that, but smaller. So he's CEO of this company, and the company's name is Micfo. M as a mother, I-C-F-O. So as part of this company, they need to own IP addresses. And IP addresses are these numerical addresses that computers, phones, and other devices use to get on the internet. So that way one device can talk to another device. They use these addresses. So these addresses, they're a finite set. So it's not like your address on the street where you can just make more streets and you have more addresses. IP addresses for the internet are a finite set. Okay, so you can imagine as more people want to get on the internet, this finite set of internet addresses becomes more and more valuable. And that leads to wire fraud down the road. So the victim in this case, I tried to think of who the direct victim was and there wasn't, I wouldn't say a direct victim. There's this organization I'll explain at the end that had some restitution paid to them because they had to do an investigation, but there's not a victim in the sense of like SIM swapping victim that we've talked about previously. I would say the victim here is society in general because the way the scheme works, it allows somebody like Amir Goldson to set prices on things like IP addresses and monopolize them when they're a limited set, when the whole world wants to be able to use them. I picked this case because the object of the fraud here of IP addresses, it was a little bit on the computer nerdy side and I wanted to do something a little more technical. Now, if you're not a computer science major or anything like that, don't worry. We're, I'm not gonna go deep into any of this stuff. Um, these IP addresses, they're just like thinking about an address on a house or a phone number to your phone. And that's about as deep as we're gonna go. And then we're gonna talk about what Amir did to exploit the system in order to get these addresses. So this week, I actually, this is gonna be a shorter episode, okay? We're only gonna have two acts this week. The one I'm bringing you right now today is act number one, get address blocks. And then tomorrow, act number two will be make fat stacks. And that's where, after we get the address blocks, we're gonna talk about what Amir did to make money off them and then what the law did to catch him. And since we only have two acts this week, I was able to make a bonus episode a bonus episode number 17 for you. And I wish I could tell you right now what it is, but you're gonna have to stick around to the end of this episode to find out, but it's good. It's one of our favorite previous episodes that we brought to you. I have an update on it and stick around. I'll tell you what it's about at the end of this episode. So with that, let's get into act number one right now called Get Address Blocks. Okay, so for you to appreciate this episode, I've got to give you some background and it's gonna it's gonna sound like I'm giving you a bunch of nerddom. Don't worry, I'm gonna to try to use analogies here that's gonna 
put this in the real world for you. So if you have a device like your phone or like your computer, laptop, or something along those lines, cable modem, anything, and you want to get it on the internet, you need an IP address, okay? This IP address is kind of like your address on your home. It's this numerical address that when you have another device out there on the internet, if you have two devices, for instance, they know how to use this IP address to talk to each other. So one will have IP address A, the other have IP address B, and they'll use that A and B to talk to each other across the internet. Now these addresses, like I said, they're numerical. So I'll read you one. Here's an example. 192 period 168 period 10 period 35. And if you've never seen one of those before, you're trying to make a little sense of it. Here's an, here's the second one. 10 period 123 period 67 period 34. Okay. That's what computers use. Us humans, we typically don't remember those. Some really nerdy people like me might remember them if they stay the same out there on the internet. But trust me, there's like whole complex things where these numbers can change and you don't even want to go down that route. Humans usually remember things like www.google.com. So when you're typing in those human readable names, in the background, they get translated to these IP addresses that we'll be talking about in this episode. And that's how traffic knows to get where it's going and back to you. So these IP addresses, like I mentioned earlier, are finite. You can't just make an infinite amount of them. There's a finite amount of them. Anything that's finite, like IP addresses, where the demand keeps going up, meaning more people want to get on the internet, they're going to cost more and more over time. Okay. So with that, you can't just let people deal with it themselves. You need some kind of organization that's going to delegate these addresses to different organizations, you know, pay for the upkeep and all that kind of stuff. That company's name and I'll read the long term for you first, and then we're going to use an abbreviation from now on. The long term for it is American Registry for Internet Numbers. They deal with these internet numbers here in North America, which is where this crime happened. We're going to be saying Aaron from now on, and it's spelled A-R-I-N. So they delegate these IP addresses. They basically, you know, if you needed... If you were Google and you wanted to put www.google.com out there, you would go to Aaron and you would say, I need 50 IP addresses or whatever amount they need. And they would give the reason. And Aaron would then say, Hey, I need to make sure you're really Google. They go through and make sure they're really a company and that they're doing business the way they're doing it. And that they need these addresses. And then they probably take some kind of money and then they transfer ownership of these addresses to Google to use during a certain period of time and they tie them to their websites and now Google's on the internet. That's typically how it works and how it's supposed to work. Now, Google would just be one of these organizations that would come to Aaron and get IP addresses. As of right now, when I filmed this, uh, the court paperwork told me that Aaron had at least 23,000 registrants. So it's not like they just have a drawer and they know who 
everybody is on the internet, it's a lot of people that they've got to keep track of and all these IP addresses and where they're associated. Now, if I were to get some IP addresses, let's say, let's go back to the Google example. In Google's example, they may have 20 IP addresses left over and they say, you know what? We're not using these, but we have them assigned to us. Let's basically sublease them to somebody else. And they have one of their customers and they want to basically allow their customer to buy these IP addresses off them and put their website on the internet through Google. I hope you're following me so far. So to do that, Aaron still has to be involved. So it's not like Google, they can just sell it to anybody and then Aaron's out of the picture. When Google sells it to somebody like that, Aaron still has to approve that transfer as well. One of the things you can think of is Aaron doesn't want one company just monopolizing the whole internet because you know the internet is supposed to be equitable, free, meaning like open to the most amount of people globally as possible. And you don't want one company owning all the IP addresses because they'll jack up prices, they'll take advantage of people and stuff like that. So you have this limited resource of IP addresses. You have this demand that keeps going up because more and more people want to get on the internet. You have more phones, you have more computers, you have more devices. This makes a market and capitalism kicks in. So these IP addresses now are worth some money to people, to lots of people, because lots of people want to get on the internet. Like I said, there were over 23,000 registrants in Aaron alone, and there's other registrant companies outside of Aaron that I haven't even talked about that we're not even going to talk about. So you can imagine the pool of people that want IP addresses is absolutely huge. So IP addresses at this point, they're valued at about 13 to $19 per IP address, which doesn't sound like a lot until you start owning and selling blocks of IP addresses, which would be like selling neighborhoods of houses. If you use the analogy of these IP addresses being addresses on houses. So finally, I'm going to put a picture of Amir on your screen. This is Amir Golsing, CEO of Mikfo. Here's a very, very different set of pictures where on the left-hand side, we have a mugshot. I think this is a family court mugshot from what I could tell in the research. And I'm, I'm going with the big hair theme, just like last week when we had Michael Gonzalez, Amir Golson has a lot of hair in this picture. So I figured <laughs> here we go again, another episode with a lot of hair. And then in the middle, I have his LinkedIn picture. So you can imagine this is the picture he wants people to see when they meet him for the first time. This is his best foot forward picture. And then his picture on the right-hand side there, that was a picture that I found on a Krebs on security article, which looked a lot different than the first two pictures that I saw. So I thought you'd like to see it too. And I plugged it in here. Now, next, this is a picture of McFo, the company that he's CEO of on LinkedIn. I just clicked on it and opened up the about and I'll read the about to you so you can kind of get a flavor of what this company does. It says with 55 data center locations, McFo is a infrastructure as a service provider operating one of the largest network of globally dispersed cloud platforms for fog and edge applications, deriving its sustainable competitive advantage and market differentiation through the thoughtful and planned expansion of its scalable and geocentric infrastructure, 
Mikvo's strategy has been to grow its client base by delivering what it promises and measuring the results of that delivery relentlessly. Our mission is to have a genuine impact on brands and audiences through our products and services, brand experience, and company culture, which cumulatively serves on ever-moving world, requiring information and communication exchange between brands and customers shorter, faster, and closer. Now, if you're like me, you read that and you're like, what the fuck do they do? I, that says nothing. I will tell you, I also went out there. I tried to get the pronunciation of this company. So I went to Amir's YouTube channel and he has this whole like video on what made him start this company. It's several minutes long. I listened to it. He doesn't even pronounce a goddamn company's name. Everything about this is extremely vague. Okay. There's, I will tell you from a criminal standpoint, there's nothing in here that says we buy addresses for the low fraudulently and then sell them for the high <laughs> and make a lot of money. That's basically what Mikfo is going to do criminally in this case. So let's go ahead and get into that. So let's switch gears. That's the public face of what Amir and Mikfo look like on LinkedIn, let's start talking about what they do behind the scenes. So around February of 2014, Amir Golston and Mikfo start setting up what are called channel partners. And I was like, that's a very weird name. That's the first time I've heard a name like this in any of these cases. I don't know what the fuck that means. So I started reading into it further and further. And finally I figured out this is the name. I'm not sure if Amir gave it to him or the Department of Justice gave it to him, but it's a name given to a lot of fake companies that Amir would set up. And I would say, well, why is he setting up a bunch of fake companies? Hold on a second. You're going to find out. But in order to set up a fake company, you got you can't just, it's not simple, right? You can't just file a piece of paperwork and it's done. You got to make some people. Right. So if it's not yourself, you got to make some fake people as officers running these companies. And if they're officers running companies, you got to start faking things like affidavits, corporate affidavits saying, I am an officer of this company. But it's actually a fake person, an officer of a fake company, all on paper. That's what these channel partners are. Also, these channel partners want to look like they're real. So they set up fake websites that highlight these fake people and these fake companies and these fake products. Well, if you think about what Amir Golson and Mikfo does, they're a cloud services platform. So making a bunch of websites, that's not a stretch for what this guy does. Now, in the core paperwork, they showed you all the channel partners that were set up. And it's just some of the names on here are just, noteworthy. So I'm going to pop the actual court paperwork charts up on your screen right now and read some of these for the audio listeners. Um, let's see, we've got one company and these are all fake, by the way, the companies are fake. The people are fake. We got one company called Cantina, the individual behind it's John Lieberman, which is not Amir Goldston. It's a fake person. Another company virtuoso Jeff Faber and Mark Schmidt, both fake people behind that fake company. Apple box. And that's by Kevin Chang. And now he just, I think he just goes off the deep end over here because 
He's got another fake company called, I think it's Talentia, T-E-L-E-N-T-I-A. And the owner of this one, this is Yong Wook Kwong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. And I'm not going to read all these for you. There's, you know, the very technical sounding like Roya hosting and hyper VPN and fiber galaxy. Well, behind the scenes to do what Amir Golson needs to do, which is get these IP addresses for his company so he can make fat stacks. He's basically got a, he's got to trick Aaron with all these fake channel partners. Okay. In order to do that, Aaron won't just say, Hey, I see this company exists on paper. Aaron needs more information. They need to know who all these people are behind the company that I just read to you. And I showed the charts. So in order to do that, these fake people had to make fake affidavits about owning these fake company behind the scenes. And because Amir Golson was doing this, that's the wire fraud. Are you with me? Okay. So I, on your screen, I've had this second chart, which is all the different affidavits that had to be made by Amir Goldson for all these fake companies. And um, I believe there were more companies than this. This is just a handful that were in the court documents. And you can see that even in the handful of companies that I showed you earlier, which was probably around 10 or so companies, you've got, let's see, 16 different instances of wire fraud here. And then you got four more instances of wire fraud over here, bringing the total of 20 instances of wire fraud of these fake people pretending they're being officers of these fake companies. Why? Well, because now Amir Goldson's going to take all those fake companies and apply for IP address blocks from Aaron. So that way he doesn't look like he's one person Amir Goldson behind Mikfo getting a bunch of IP address blocks. He looks like he's all these fake companies getting smaller IP address blocks. So that way he can behind the scenes monopolize them and make some money off them. I hope you're with me so far. Cause this is to me, this is just so interesting how he chose to monopolize this whole scheme. So once he owns these channel partners, and he has applied for these IP addresses, Aaron believes him. He believes these fake companies and they start giving them IP address ranges. And I've got some IP address ranges for, for you that they were they had given them on your screen now. And they show you the IP address block on the left-hand side, the company that he made, the channel partners in the middle. And then you see the number of IP addresses on the right-hand side. And you, as you scan down this, um, for audio listeners, it's probably, I'd guess, about 20 lines on here. And it is pretty much about 16,000 IP addresses per line. You got a couple lines in here that are 8,000, but the line share, it's about 16,000 addresses per line. And now the second chart, which is even more, this is probably about 30-ish or so lines, and you can see down the right-hand side, the ranges are between 4,000 and 8,000 IP addresses per line. Okay. So now you see why he made all these companies, right? Because each company is getting this subset 
And each subset is about a thousand, well, four to eight to 16,000 IP addresses at a time. Now, remember, I said earlier, these things have money associated with them and they were what, like 10 to 20 bucks per. So you do the math. It's going to be absolutely a haul for Amir Goldson because at the end of the day, he amassed over 750,000 IP addresses from Aaron fraudulently using the scheme. And when you do that math of how much it is per IP address, at the end of the day, that pile of IP addresses were worth $9.8 million to $14.4 million. So shit ton of money. He's sitting on a shit ton of money that he fraudulently obtained through these fake companies. And with that, I'm going to have to pause this here. That's the end of Act 1. So if there's anything you liked in Act 1, please like, subscribe, follow, thumbs up, whatever the positive thing is on the platform you're watching or listening to me on. And if you haven't been to our website, please go. It's ecrimebytes.com. Bytes spell the computer way. B Y is in yellow milk. T-E-S.com. And I hope to see you back tomorrow for Act 2. Make fact stacks because now in Act 2, Amir Golson's going to take about three quarters of a million IP addresses that he's sitting on and he's going to make some money on them and try to make even more money on them before the law catches up with them. So I hope to see you there. Thanks. Bye.